Welcome to the Mental Health Multiverse. We're your hosts, HB and LB. We'll be breaking down some of our favorite movies and TV shows as they relate to mental health, self-healing, and overall wellness, while also breaking stigmas, shedding light on misinterpretations, and helping you understand yourself a little better. If you're also on a healing journey and enjoy pop culture, stick around. Hi friends, I'll be here with a quick little note before we jump into the episode. We are talking all about Megara with an amazing actress who was starring in the new Disney Hercules musical at Paper Mill Playhouse. Um, at the time of the recording, we had planned for this episode to come out March 16th, which would have been during the last week of the show's run, but <laughs> so it goes, things changed and shifted. So this episode is actually coming out after the show has already wrapped. Um, and because we recorded this before the show even started, you may notice some moments of hesitation around what our amazing guest Catherine can share about the show. Okay. Hope that clears up any potential confusion when we talk about the production, but thanks again for being here and enjoy the episode. Welcome to Mental Health Multiverse, a podcast where we look at pop culture and media through the lens of mental health. I'm LB here with my co-host HB, and today we are talking about Megara from Hercules. Yes, and we also have a super special guest today. Welcome to MHM, Katherine Allison. Welcome, welcome. Okay, so Catherine and I know each other. Um, this is HB talking for anyone who doesn't know. Catherine and I met through a mutual friend. So one of my best friends in the whole world, Jessica Jane, um, who's also an actress. Um, Icon. Uh, Icon. <laughs> She's so amazing. Jessica and I have been friends for a really long time, and Jessica needed to move out of a situation, and she... Uh, um, an actor friend that she was connected to was at the time in a production of Aladdin with Catherine and so he connected them and then um, Catherine and her roommate happened to be looking for a roommate so Jessica moved in with them and the rest is history they all became best friends and then I started mm -hmm. coming over to hang out and then um, Catherine and I just have a lot in common we're both like very body positive very much in the space of like you know uh, feeling good about your body and um, and I love 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 all of Catherine's philosophies of life and theater and being an actor and being a singer and blah 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 so um so anyway Catherine here's my here's my official my official intro of Catherine <laughs> Catherine is very famous <laughs> very famous so she's a sultry singer who released her debut album something real in 2019 and it's amazing. I've seen her perform some of it live. Uh, it was very, very, very good. Um, and then back in 2014, this is something I didn't know when you sent me your bio. I was like, I didn't know this. So back mm -hmm. in 2014, she won the New York Music Festival's Next Broadway Sensation, which is so exciting. And then three months later, made her Broadway debut in Aladdin, which is the show I was just telling you about. Um, and I probably, so I didn't realize you were in Aladdin back then. I saw Aladdin, so I probably saw you perform before I even knew who you were. Which yeah, is pretty cool. That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you, you, Catherine, I was going to say you, but I'll just say Catherine since we're doing bio intro. Um, <laughs> Catherine has also graced the Broadway stages of Wicked and most recently the Tony winning revival of Company, um, both of which I definitely saw you perform in. Um, and Catherine has premiered solo shows to sold out venues at Paper Mill Playhouse, 54 Below, Rockwood Music Hall, and Joe's Pub, which is where I saw you perform most of your something real album and more 
But speaking of Paperville Playhouse, Catherine just announced that she is playing Despina. Is that your character's name? Despina. 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 Okay. Yeah. Well, Catherine is playing Despina in Paper Mill Playhouse's production of Hercules, which is just amazing and so perfect for what we are talking about today, which is Megara slash all the themes of Hercules. So welcome. That was a very long-winded intro, but our question for you so that you can start talking, Catherine, is sure. how did you how did you get involved with Hercules? What has this process been like for you? Um, I got involved during the last workshop that they did. Um, they called me, you know, like a week before it started and they said, do you want to play the role of Despina? And I was like, sure. And <laughs> uh, then the rest is history. I... Did that workshop which was really fun um yeah we did a reading of the show and we put up a couple of numbers for people to see and I just had an absolute blast the creative team is just Leah DeBossene is just a brilliant director she's amazing um and uh, yeah I just was smitten with everyone and I was so happy that they asked me back to join for the Paper Mill Playhouse production, which is also very cool because I grew up going to Paper Mill Playhouse as a kid and watching shows there. And I also did the Paper Mill Conservatory. I got a scholarship there for my senior year of college and I did that summer program. So it feels like a bit of a homecoming with, you know, all of my friends there. It's Come cool. full circle. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we love we love a full circle moment we <laughs> that's so awesome well yeah. congratulations we are very excited about that now what is Despina's role in Hercules because I don't necessarily for me recognize the name she is Hercules's earthly mother Ooh. Uh, so she has a brief stint in the movie uh where she has a husband in this one she does not um oh yeah when was the last time, Catherine, that you saw the original cartoon of Hercules? Probably, honestly, right before I auditioned for the workshop. Yeah, it was like the first time I had seen it in a while. And I was like, man, the music is so good. It's so, so good. good. And it makes you feel good. I feel like, I don't know sometimes musical movies can like miss that part of like you know like there should be a part where we feel good like singing it and humming it um and so I was like man this music is good and yeah okay can I put you on the spot and ask mm -hmm. you to give us your best abridged synopsis of Hercules yes Hercules I love that <laughs> yes immediately yes <laughs> Hercules is about a uh uh, a young man who was snatched as a baby from his parents, Zeus and Hera, by Hades and brought to Earth and made half God, half human. And uh, it's about his journey into how he can get back to his parents <clears throat> in Olympus and um, what he learns along the way. Beautiful. Great. Perfect. We love that. Perfect. So this movie came out in like originally the the cartoon came out in june of 1997 mm -hmm. i was seven years old then 
Um, do you have any, do you have any personal experiences like first time seeing it or like anything you remember about it as a child? You know, I was trying to think back and I was like, I can't remember when I first saw it, but I feel like it's always been around <clears throat> me. Yeah. So it's like weird. It's like, I know it's always been around, but I like, I can't remember like who I saw it with, where was I? Um, I mean, the muses obviously had a lasting impression on me. I mean, how could you not like just five gorgeous black women just belting in your face? Like, how could you not want to be (laughs) obsessed? Um, And so, yeah, I mean, my first draw was to them, obviously. And I love how they kind of made them the storytellers and like kind of this overarching... um, like group of women that are uh looking over him and making sure like you know he's doing okay like they're kind of the archivists of his story which I think Mm -hmm. is really fun Mm -hmm. um and then also to later find out that like most of the women who voiced those characters were all like Broadway divas like the best of the best and I was like oh well that's why it sounds so amazing Truly. They got the girls that. to do it. <clears throat> I love that. I actually didn't know that. I was telling LB on one of our previous episodes that I was kind of like, I'm really bad at like knowing who voices things in Disney movies. Like if you were to tell me like, oh, so-and-so voice, unless their voice is very obvious, like Danny DeVito yeah. in this is like oh, very yeah. obviously Danny DeVito. Yes. But like, unless it's like super obvious like that, I'm like, didn't know that was a very famous person yeah yeah. Knew. <laughs> yeah even like meg is voiced by susan egan who's like Belle. she was Belle in beauty and the beast on broadway the you know so when i hear her voice i'm like yes like I, I i just find it really cool that disney doesn't shy away from from you know like we're doing a musical movie we're going to hire the people who are best and most well equipped for this Totally. Um, I know. kind of miss, yeah, I kind of miss when Disney used to do that, where they'd have like the speaking actor and then the singing actor, and mm-hmm. the singer was usually a Broadway star or someone mm-hmm. like in the musical scene. Yes. Um, which I think just added like, not that the newer stuff is bad or anything, it's just that there was a lot more, I don't know, it just feels more potent in some kind of way to me. Mm-hmm. I think there's also like, they're so specific about how, you know, when I watch videos of um, them in the studio, like curating how the voice should sound and the acting beats, like there's just certain things that I think uh, a singer with a Broadway acting background can add to the emotion of what's going on in that song in that moment, you know? Totally. Yeah. Um. I'm going to interrupt this and say that we are going to talk so much about music in the bonus episode that we're going to record after this. Yeah. So (laughs) I'm going to, because I'm like, you know, subscribe to our Patreon and you can have access to us talking about music, which obviously, as you can hear from Catherine talking, like it's going to be a great episode. And, um, and she has a lot, a wealth of knowledge and it's going to be, and then, and, and Catherine will also rank her favorite songs of the Hercules soundtrack and tell us what is, um, what's in the musical that's not in the movie, if there is, mm. and all of that. So let's talk about that for our patrons only. <laughs> yeah. Thanks HB for keeping us on track. Yes, <laughs> please. Thanks. 
Um, but LB, mm-hmm. I was gonna say, I'm, I'm gonna ask you, what was your first personal experience with Hercules? Very similarly, and I think it's something we all have in common here. I have no idea. I don't remember the yeah. first time I saw Hercules. I was so, and if it came out in 1997, I was about to be two years old, baby. So I baby, don't baby. think I was a baby, baby. <laughs> so I don't think I saw the movie in theaters, which I think is kind of funny because then Mulan came out the next year and. Catherine, I said this in our Mulan episode, but I, I saw that one in theaters six times and I was three. Anyway, <laughs> irrelevant. Um, But so I don't think I saw it in theaters, but I do remember having like the VHS. But as the kid, mm. as a kid, it like wasn't in my rotation much. Um, But I think that changed like when I got older. And I don't know if it's because like while it's a really good, good, amazing movie and an amazing soundtrack, it's one of those I couldn't appreciate until I was older, if that makes sense. Um, because yeah. I remember, do you guys remember ABC Family, which is now Freeform? Yes, 100%. They used to have like Disney marathons, like all day or whatever. And I remember mm-hmm. I would like turn on, it was channel 42 on my TV. And I'd look at the little menu so I could see what was coming up. And it'd be like Aladdin, Hercules, Alice in Wonderland, um, um, Beauty and the Beast. And I'd be like, yes, this is all I'm doing for the rest of the day. <laughs> um, so good. <laughs> Um, but I would get really excited when I saw Hercules, but it was one of those things where like, I wouldn't necessarily go out of my way to watch it, but if it were on, I'd be like, yes, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe it's just because I have like a deeper appreciation for the music and Greek mythology. Cause I took a course in college. Um, even though this movie is nothing like the actual story, but that's okay. <laughs> what about you? HB? Yeah. I mean, I also have no recollection of my first time seeing it. Um, I definitely think it's one that I only watched, like, because I don't think I owned it. Um, I think it's one that I only watched when I was, like, over at my cousin's. It was a very unique situation. My cousin lived in the same apartment building, like, in a duplex as my grandparents. So, like, I would go to my grandparents' house, and my cousins would be there, and we'd just, like, watch Disney sing-alongs and Disney and whatever all day. Um, And so I think it's... I like I don't have a recollection but I know that it was like part uh I'm pretty sure it was like part of me watching it like with my cousins and stuff but I also agree it's like I think I think it's one of those movies that like you don't really recognize or realize a lot of how deep it is until Mm -hmm. you are older you can't really appreciate it for what it is until you're older um and I mean I really remember liking Meg Megara because I, I feel like you know in terms of like Disney princess representation, of course we had Belle, but like, and Esmeralda, I think is another one that I was sort of like, oh, I can kind of see myself in her. And I think that Megara was another one that's like, is this a Disney princess I can relate to? I'm, and like, I think I struggled with that of sort of like not being sure. Mm. Um, And uh, I did, however, have a Pegasus, a baby Pegasus plushie, you know, when Pegasus is a baby. And it was one of my favorite things. And it was so cute. And I need to call my mom and ask where it is if I still have it somewhere at her house because it was so cute. And and it I started like I have an obsession with unicorns and pegasuses and that kind of thing. <laughs> so it's like I'm not surprised that that's like one of the plushies that I had. Um, but I also collected all of the plates from Burger King. Do you guys remember those? The the collectible plates that you could get from Burger King that had like each character on them. There was a Megara plate and a Zeus plate and a Hercules plate. What? No? No? I have okay. no idea. I have a vague, very, I'm looking it up right now because I have yeah, a vague recollection and this. memory. And I feel like you just unlocked like this memory that I haven't touched in decades. <clears throat> 
Yeah. Oh my so God. Yes. We'll put a link. We'll definitely put a link to the plates of the show notes. But yeah, my parents still have like when I go home for Christmas and stuff, like I still eat off of these plates. My parents still have all of them. But you yeah. know what? The cups, the cups, I definitely remember. Oh, that is great. Wait, these are cute though. <laughs> <laughs> I, there yeah. are people selling them on Etsy and stuff or like reselling them on eBay or something like, yeah. They're like collector collector edition things. They came out in ninety seven. You could collect Gorge. collect them all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll definitely put a link in the show notes so that those of our listeners who have ADHD can be like, let me go check that out right now. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Hmm. Into it. Um, Love it. That's so cool. Yeah. So so that's like my my memory is more of like the things I had and less of like me actually watching it. <laughs> I am jealous you have that Pegasus plushie. I've wanted that for so, so long. So long. I know what I'm getting you for Christmas. <laughs> I mean, birthday, whatever comes first. <laughs> Let's talk about Megara. My favorite thing personally about Megara that I did not realize until, so uh, LB and I recently did a rewatch together to sort of look yeah. at Hercules through the lens of healing and metaphors and all that Mm -hmm. um and what I noticed upon this watch is that she's the antithesis of a traditional Disney princess which I kind of like um because her song traditional Disney princesses have a song about being in love and her song is about how she will not be in love which I think is really funny Mm -hmm. um but there's also a scene where pain and panic show up to her as forest creatures like they're in like bunny and squirrel form Mm -hmm. and she just like she's like immediately cruel to them (laughs) and it's like what other disney princess sees animals and is like cruel to them (laughs) (laughs) so i thought that was really funny too um so that's like i think something that's real and it also i should say she's not a disney princess because she is not a princess so mm-hmm. we can also capital take that P princess yeah yeah she's not a capital p princess like she's not a she doesn't have a you know royal family whatever mm-hmm. um but we'll put her in the like when i say disney princess i mean like badass disney heroine that kind of situation yes. um but she's also i think she's just incredibly well-spoken and articulate that's something that i really like about her like the way that she speaks is like yeah, you are so communicative. Like, go, I go off. Like, <laughs> I could um, listen to her speak all day. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she also is just so good at sticking to her morals and values, which we will talk about more when we talk about theme. Um, mm-hmm. because like moral moral ambiguity is a huge theme in this movie, I think. Um, and she's just so independent and so sassy, which I know LB is gonna talk about too. <laughs> um But I want to say that I think my favorite thing in the whole movie upon this rewatch that I, like, don't know that I noticed before or maybe just forgot is that, like, after she's flying on Pegasus, because she's, like, afraid of heights or whatever, and Hercules Uh just, like, grabs her and puts her on, her hair is, like, messed up and she, like, looks disheveled and, like, actually bad. (laughs) And I was like, huh, do we ever see, like, Disney princesses look bad? Like, it's so funny, too, because characters like this. It's like her hair is all messed up, but I think even like her lipstick is somehow like askew or looks off. It was so funny. It's so funny. Yeah. There's a meme called <laughs> realistic Disney princesses and it's like mm-hmm. Pocahontas jumping off the cliff. And instead of like how she looks her face is like, you know, being pulled back and the wind <laughs> yeah. is going through her teeth. 
or like um Ariel on the rock and she's getting splashed by water and she's sort of like, like you know yeah. yeah and so it reminded me of that like realistic Disney princesses meme because it's like if we saw more of that more of them being imperfect like how different would our would we feel about ourselves uh, not mm-hmm. always seeing them be perfect on screen so that's my little my little tid tidbits about why I like Megara specifically as a character um LB what do you have to add um so yeah definitely love the sarcasm in sass she gives me a lot of like shigo energy where she's also a little bit like mysterious and alluring and magnetic and she could kick your ass if she wanted to (laughs) but I related to her and I didn't realize how much I related to her until this like most recent watch through because like in in my early 20s I definitely acted the same way in terms of like I'm a big tough girl I tie my own sandals and everything we're like I don't need anybody hyper independence and vigilance whatever um and using kind of like sass and sarcasm as a as a defense mechanism to like you know protect myself and not get my feelings hurt and blah 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 blah, blah. and I didn't realize that until I was watching this and I was like oh I see now um Mm -hmm. but yes to your point LB HB you mean oh my god I'm LB (laughs) (laughs) This Hi. is where at. look okay. It's like eight forty-five where I am. Okay, uh, I'm in California. I woke up literally an hour ago. No, it's fine. It's Everything's early, fine. It's early. Um, she is also very different than some of the female characters we've seen, especially during this era of Disney, because she wasn't a damsel in distress, like needing to be saved necessarily. And I love, I love, 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 love that. Like in the at the end of the movie, like technically Hercules saves her, but like she saves him. You know, so. I, I really like sure. how the tables, yeah, the tables get tabled and 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 turned. Um, and she's also she also makes things happen. Like I know that's not unique to just her because you know Cinderella tried to make things happen too, even though people just see her as someone waiting around for her prince to come. That's not what happened. <laughs> but we'll I think save Megara, that for the Cinderella episode. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I bring it up at least once per episode because I can't wait to talk about her. Because I'm like, <laughs> we need to dispel all of these myths about her. She's not even like my favorite princess. Whatever, you know what I mean. Moving yeah. on. <laughs> I really like. I really like that she isn't a damsel. She she is very capable. Um, and also like she kind of by the end of the movie she navigates the both end of like I'm a strong independent woman but also like I'm allowed to have feelings and be soft and accept love and give love Um, so that that's pretty cool (laughs) what about you Catherine do you have any thoughts notes feelings about Megara I just love her as a character Um, and I feel so privileged to be able to watch Izzy McCullough you know play her in rehearsal and see how she's you know finding her version of it because she's she's so good um and uh especially the material they've written for her too is just like chef's kiss um and so many of the things that you've talked about um I love her bluntlet her bluntness she gets right to the point she's like I don't have time to waste okay these are the things that you want me to do. I'll do them. It's done. You don't have to worry about it. And I just, um, it's like my favorite thing about her. Um, I also love that she's 
a woman and she's presented as a woman. She's never presented as a girl or has kind of, I don't know, like a, I feel like always, yeah, she's like, she's none of those. She's like, I'm a woman. I know what I'm doing. Um, and yes, I've made mistakes in the past, but I take responsibility for that. Like she, you know, she knows what her, what part she's played, um, in her, in her life and, um, her self-awareness is just so to be admired. Um, and yeah, she gets what she wants, which I appreciate in a lady. (laughs) Yeah. Being like, I got myself into this situation. I can get myself out, you know? Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. I like how, um, go ahead. I was to say, you know, she's also constantly only surrounded by men. Like the only time she's with other women is, you know, don't say I'm in love or won't say I'm in love. Oh my gosh. Um, and so, you know, there's a kind of a barrier that you have to put up when that's all you're surrounded by 24 hours a day, you know, seven days a week. Um, and so I can imagine how exhausting that would be, you know, and how rare it is for her to bring that wall down too. And the fact that we get to see that in the movie briefly and in the musical is awesome. Um, so we both, uh, LB and I both identified moral values, ethics, truth, like that kind of thing is like a huge theme. For me, mine was sort sort of about like living in moral ambiguity, like what is right and what is wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Megara is a great representation of that because it's like she wants to initially behave selfishly because she's in this contract with Hades and wants to get out of it, right? Mm-hmm. And like she's been so wronged in the past too, which like can go back to another reason why I like her as a character so much and a reason that we probably couldn't relate to her as a kid as much is because like they explain that like she had been in love before and her previous partner lover whatever is why she's in this contract with Hades because she sacrificed herself for him and then he left her anyway Mm -hmm. and I'm like if that just doesn't prove how much men suck oh god I say that too much on this podcast it's I don't actually think that but I do think that there are some men in this world who are not great and like I just think it is you know, it's so heartbreaking to like, know, and that's, and it's just, just like the reason that she is so jaded. And I feel like a lot of women feel that way is that like, they have been wronged in the past and they don't want to get back out there because they're afraid to get hurt again. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so, so, so relatable about this character as an adult being like, yeah, it's hard to be vulnerable. Um, And I'm going to talk about vulnerability so much in a second. Vulnerability is another great theme, I think. Um, But also like what it takes to be a hero, what it means to be strong, self-sacrifice and love. Like all of these are huge themes that I think I've seen in the film. And I think most likely carry on into the musical as well. Yep. Mm -hmm. Totally. And and speaking of love, I, I made a note that like, in rewatching, I noticed that the core of all of Meg's choices and decisions is love. Like, even if it sometimes bites her in the butt, she, for the most part, makes a lot of big decisions from that place of, like, helping others, even though she's not, like, like on the inside, she's, like, soft and squishy, On even though on the outside, she's, like, very, she has these walls, and she's, like, I don't need anybody. I'm a bad bitch, you know? Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> But it it is really nice when we can break, like when we can kind of break 
her character down and her characterization is like the nucleus of her is is love and i think that's uh, so beautiful and i think it is it is a really nice representation of how you uh, i think i just said this but of how you can be strong strong and we'll get into like what that means but how you can be strong and soft and like those two things can go coexist within a, like a person because you know we're multifaceted human beings we're not just this way or that way and we can hold space for like a lot of different things um and i i feel like that's a very deep analysis of a very cute kids movie but i i think it's a really important reminder especially for a lot of people especially like you said hb when they've been jaded by you know the dating world or love or or whatever um just a reminder that like yeah you you can acknowledge that it hurts and that it sucks and not let it keep you from trying anyway mm. whether that be with love whether that be with any journey path life thing you're on you know <laughs> I that resonates with me so much because I I truly feel like in the crux specifically about the musical that we're doing with this like that is the that is mm. like I don't know what would you call it like the one line or the, the through like, line the through, the through line. line thank you like yeah. that's the one thing to take away that like whether you're strong physically emotionally it's okay to um you know be upset or like feel that you failed at something but don't let that take away from your goal and like what you want um even if what you want at the end is not exactly what you thought it was going to be you know uh I can't wait for people to see this. Yes. <laughs> I like I whoo, I not a dry eye in the house, baby. Not a dry eye. <laughs> Gosh, just I mean, so many of the themes that you mentioned are in the musical version. And if anything, they're just deepened to another level. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes when we take movies to the stage, I think sometimes the heart can be taken out of it or it just becomes very surface level and Lear has done such a good job of just deepening 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 like we're making this you know as realistic as it can be it still has the pizzazz of a day a big Disney musical but at its core it's really facing these real problems you know for each for each of the characters in the show um and what they would really feel like in that moment which I think is important yeah it sounds like it has a lot of heart yes it does so much so much (laughs) oh I'm so excited that's that's I'm so excited for you I'm so excited for the production even if I can't make it out I'm I'm just really excited to hopefully see it at some point whether that's when they do the national tour and it comes my way or Mm -hmm. if I can figure out a way to fly to New Jersey in the next month, you know, (laughs) um, but Catherine, yeah, we'll just manifest that it's, we'll just manifest that it's coming to Broadway and that you can make a trip a little later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've also never been to New York city and I would love to see. Yes. I've never seen like anything on Broadway actually. Um, I just wait for them to come out to California. So we gotta get you out here right okay so broadway for lb 2023 you heard it here first it's gonna happen (laughs) so i'm gonna go quickly through like hercules fitness transformation because i like to look at things through the lens of like 
fitness when I mm-hmm. look at, you know, pop culture media. Um, but I think it's just cool in this that we see a literal fitness transformation. Like mostly I have to do metaphors and be like, oh, their journey is like this. But like mm-hmm. Hercules literally has a trans- like a fitness transformation. Um, and it's very fascinating to watch because when he goes through the journey, he already has all of his physical strength, but he doesn't really know how to control it or harness yes. it or who he is. And, um, and one note that I will add because LB really wants me to add it is that it's just kind of funny. His, the way that his character is drawn, um, it was like the first thing I noticed in this rewatch, but I had never noticed it before is that he's just like so twiggy, except for his calves are like huge, <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> giant calves before he like bulks up to be the Her- Hercules that we see, you know? Yeah. Um, I just think it's so funny that they just gave him these like giant calves and I'm like, wow, g- good he for you. something to keep him up. Cause he's so like. <laughs> Like he's like almost like one of those like car, um, you know what you see outside the of the inflatable, yeah. oh the wiggly, you know. It's like he needed some legs to like keep him to the ground because flailing <laughs> everywhere. Poor man. Yeah, he's just so clumsy, and you know, even when he goes through his journey and he's become this like really physically strong, a little bit more controlled, he still like accidentally breaks things and things like mm-hmm. that. Um, but. I think Phil basically helps him like a coach would or how I would, if I were your fitness coach, maybe. Um, uh, And it seems like Hercules really gets into a place of comfort with his strength, which I really like. Like, even though he still makes mistakes, I think maybe that normalizes that like mistakes happen. And like, even after you go through your fitness journey, you're not going to be perfect. Things are still going to, you know, affect how you show up in the world. Mm -hmm, Um, But I think my, my most favorite thing about fitness being represented in this movie or like exercise being represented in this movie is that after his little date with Megaro, where she like finds out that she like, where she realizes she's in love with him and he feels in love with her after, you know, like they're, they're both like on this high of being in love. I love that we see him kind of using fitness as an outlet for that. Um, and he's kind of like, he's lifting weights and throwing them around and swinging from things because he's just like so giddy with love. And I just think it's a really positive representation of fitness that like, of course, would have never noticed if I wasn't looking at it through this lens. But like, <laughs> a lot of times I think we do see fitness as this like grueling thing that you have to get yourself through and you have to force yourself into, whereas he's just sort of like easily swinging from things and lifting things because he's just so happy and in love and I'm just like what a positive representation Mm. of fitness just like using it and sort of being like processing your feelings and like in such a positive way so yeah loved that (laughs) god he's such a sweet character I can't I mean just dopey in the best ways like I can't (laughs) and like again he's a himbo truly like a true himbo and like you know sometimes himbos can be a little mean but he's just so sweet I can't and I can't wait for people to see Bradley because he encompasses that so well just that eagerness to be one to be loved and to be good you know even though like he like doesn't know inherently like he is a good person like he's trying so hard <laughs> it's so yeah. sweet I can't no, that's such a good yeah that's such a good point that he's trying so hard to prove that he is good he's good enough that he's worthy essentially right um mm-hmm. to become a, a god again um when he and then at the end of the movie he realizes all along 
he was always good enough. Yeah. And, oh, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. And yeah, I never thought about like how you do actually see him go through a physical transformation in the movie. Like I never thought about it, but I, I do th- think that's really important that he had to work for it. You know, it wasn't something that was just given to him immediately um, just because of who he was. He was like, no, I have to work for it if I want to, you know, achieve the goals that I want to do or whatever. Yeah. So. Totally. And and to HB's point and to your point, I, I like that it's messy. Like the montage mm. is not him just like getting through every single trial and exercise perfectly but like yeah. he keeps messing up that poor yeah. doll by the end that he's his, the training oh dummy God. is like falling apart literally threads <laughs> um and I think that is also a very important because you know perfectionism is kind of my my zone of I don't want to say genius but is kind of my thing and and I just like really want to hammer home every time we talk about journeys and and representation in in this sense in the movies how important it is to remember that like failure is part of the journey. Like sometimes yeah. you do have to mess up. You do have to fail in order to learn because if things were just to go super easy and you can just coast through, it also makes any mistakes that do come up or any hurdles that come up feel so much bigger because we haven't had the like, what do you call it in fitness? The, the conditioning, I guess, of mm-hmm. handling those hurdles yourself. Um, or, you know, early on in the process. But anyway, I think, you know, whenever you're, especially when you're learning something new for my recovering perfectionists out there, when you are learning something new, you will not get it right the first time or the second time, or maybe even the third. And that's okay. You keep trying because then by the 20th time you might get it and it might be easier. And the whole point is not to get it right the first time or be perfect right off the bat. It is to learn and enjoy the process and enjoy the journey. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Period. <laughs> yes. And I want to go back to what Catherine said, too, about like how it's important that he had to work for it, because I do think in the age, I feel like I've talked about this a few times on the podcast, but like in the age of fitness influencers where people don't exactly have accreditations and certifications and there are just people out there who look the part. So they they yes. advertise that they can help you look like them. And it's just mm-hmm. like. They, you know, maybe some of them did have to work for it, but a lot of people who just kind of put themselves out there who are, um, you know, being, being fake about it. Like, I'm not going to say that every fitness influence out there is, I think there are a lot of great people out there to follow, but I do think you have to be aware of the people who are out there and didn't have to really work or like who don't have to work or try because they're not really going to be able to help you because they've never had to go through that journey themselves. Um, And I'm not, I guess I don't need, I don't mean to say that like someone has to have gone through the same journey as you in order to be able to help you. But I do mean that like, you know, if someone just is like naturally predispositioned to look a certain way or behave a certain way, um, just by them existing, uh, they're not going to, you're, you're not going to be, you're not going to look like them because you eat or exercise how they do um, because you're different people. Like if, if it's natural for them, it's natural for them and it's mm-hmm. not natural for you. And just mm-hmm. something to be aware of in life and fitness and in the world the, with yeah, the, in totally. the age of social yeah. media, you know? Well, yeah. And, and I think you bring up a good point around intersectionality, right? Like knowing someone's background and what they have access to, right? You know, yeah. like if they have access to all of the, uh, uh, green juices and smoothies and all of these like really clean and organic ingredients. That's great. And that's wonderful, but not everyone has access to that. Yeah. Um, so just taking into account more than 
more than just like your physical makeup and your genetics and your biology, but also like your external word world. Socioeconomic and... status. Thank you. Yeah. That's the word I'm looking for. Yep. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I also want to shift the mo- the focus to Megara a little bit when it comes to like strength. Um, because I think a big thing for me that I took away from this was like obviously what it takes to be strong. Um, and I think what Megara shows us is that there are many different ways to divine strength that's not just physical. Um, for example, like when she stands up to Hades and is sort of like, I'm not going to keep doing this to this poor man. Like I, like he doesn't deserve this and I'm not going to do it anymore. And like that had to take a certain amount of strength and bravery to do that. Um, but then that there's also strength in vulnerability or that vulnerability is actually a strength. Um, because I feel like every character, the more vulnerable they become, the stronger they become in this, in Hercules specifically, like the more, the more each character showcases their vulnerability, it's actually that it's actually shown as more of a strength for them. And I just Mm -hmm. love that so much. And it's interesting. I don't know if this is in the movie, but it's interesting to me that because Hercules wears his heart on his sleeve so much, he almost like teaches the people around him how to do that. It's almost like he's the impetus for that because like, I don't think Meg would have gotten to that softness without him. I don't think Phil would have gotten to that softness without him. Like he almost is like this like infestation of of joy. And he like is not afraid to express his feelings which is so wild. Like, I don't think um, we have that many representations of men who like really do that and articulate it so well. Um, That's such a good, mm, I have to like marinate in that, what you just said for a while, because that I didn't even, I didn't recognize that. I didn't even think about that, but that is such a good point. It's kind of like, you know, you do in impact the people around you whether you know it or not and in a lot Mm -hmm. of ways it can be this like big grand thing where you know Phil goes from this also jaded tutor teacher trainer to this like really loving caring um compassionate figure and and same with Meg Mm -hmm. oh Mm -hmm. so good um but also back back to Meg because I feel like I deviated I don't I'm gonna come back but um I think her strength is you know, coming from her past and coming from, you know, all of these things who, uh, who she had to be in order to survive um, in this world of uh, Hercules. And I think that's so relatable. And, um, and also, I think it's, it's really cool, as you said, Heather, to see her stand up to someone. I think as women, sometimes it's really difficult for us to do that, especially to men who are holding, you know, something, dangling something over us. Uh, um, and the fact that she's, you know, willing to risk everything that she has to do that because of what she's learned and because of, you know, her own moral compass is something to learn from. Um in so many ways, in so many things in today's world, um, you know, fighting for what's right is, is what's best if you can handle it. Um, yeah. 
yeah you what a nice segue into like all the things I was going to talk about or maybe I don't even have to talk about them because you nailed it really like going into this I wasn't sure how Megara and her journey could relate to a healing journey or could relate to mental health um and so I was like I don't know, but we'll see. Uh, but during our watch through, I definitely think Meg is a good representation that like you're not the sum of your past mistakes or bad yes. choices. And that at any time you can choose differently because sometimes we do have to make certain choices out of survival um, so that either we don't get hurt or the people around us don't get hurt, right? What mm -hmm. Meg did for her her sleazy boyfriend and or her sleazy ex. Um and and that we shouldn't necessarily shame ourselves shame ourselves for that. And I I also do love that when she stands up to Hades, while mainly out of love for Hercules, I also like to think it's it's her like core beliefs and core values and her subconscious like being tired of doing these things for Hades 100%. that go against her authentic self and her core yes. values. Yeah, and I think a lot of people can can relate to that experience on the healing journey. Like sometimes we get so tired of certain patterns and behaviors and cycles and we're tired of shaming ourselves for it because I think we hear so much that like, oh, you're attracting these patterns. Like you're you're making the choice to do these things when like that's not always the case, people, okay? Um, but sometimes you do hit our breaking point our breaking point and that is when we start making different choices and I love that Meg represents that like while she's not a great role model for a lot of things in the movie I do think she represents some kind of a like redemption journey journey in a way yeah and she wouldn't do anything that she didn't want to do from what I you know from the movie from what I remember our our you know she's making them because that's that's what she thinks is best for her in the moment yeah like mm -hmm. she ain't gonna do nothing that she don't want to do yeah. <laughs> whether yeah. it's for a man or otherwise <laughs> yes yeah. as far as the movie goes like in general Hercules kind of has a similar journey to Mulan or maybe it's just that like any um what's the word when like the character's name is the name of the thing mm. oh <laughs> like the hero's journey yeah yeah you know what you know what I mean um but yeah, anyway yeah I, I so I don't know if this is like a, a similar thing with all protagonists or whatever but I do think Hercules has a similar journey to Milan which we just talked about on the last episode mm -hmm. where they like in the beginning they can never seem to do things right and they're seen as like weird or different so they go on this like quest to prove themselves to be loved and accepted because mm -hmm. I mean you know his Hercules song is like somehow I'll be strong um and I love that line because it reminds me a lot of this saying in Tagalog, and I don't actually speak Tagalog despite being Filipino. So if I mess this up, I'm so sorry. But there's this saying um, that's like, Kaya ko naman pala. Um, I hope I didn't butcher it. But there isn't like a straight to English translation. It essentially just means like, somehow I can. And I, I love that. It's like, I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know what exactly I'm going to do. But I know that somehow somehow I I can I can do it um and mm -hmm. I think that's just a very empowering thought when faced with with adversity um and I think also both Meg and Hercules sh share a similar desire which can be seen as another reason why both characters are are loved and relatable and it's that like the deepest human desire is to be loved and to feel like they belong and I mean, we get like a whole ass song from Hercules about this and we see it, <laughs> we see it in Meg's actions because she sacrifices a lot for love. 
Yeah. And it's just like, it is such a core desire for all humans is to like belong and to feel loved. Mm-hmm. And like, that is very, very accurately represented in this for sure. Oh, 100%. And I think it's a really good reminder for people who are a little hyper independent or like a little jaded from their past experiences that like you're you wanting those things doesn't mean you're weak or you're too soft or that there's something wrong with you. It is like an innate biological human desire and it's okay. It's okay to want it's okay to want to receive love. It's okay to want to give love. And I don't even mean in romantic relationships, but in like community and, mm-hmm. and with friends. And it's okay to lower those sometimes. It's okay to lower those walls. And I know it's easier said than done, but like, you know, um, yeah, it, it it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I like that you brought that up too, because it's definitely like, I think a lot of people who do feel especially jaded when it comes to like romantic relationships, something that has really helped me personally is like recognizing all of the non-romantic, like seeing my friendships as romantic relationships. Like you can romance your life in other ways, like go on friend dates, take yourself on dates, like Mm -hmm. talk to your friends, how you would talk to a partner, like treat them the same way that you would, because your partner is never, um, or partners are never going to be your end all be all like, and every relationship that you have is important. And I think that, um, that like that need or desire to feel loved and belong is like, it's about who you have in your life surrounding you. And it doesn't always necessarily have to be um, a romantic love, you know? Yes. I mean, like, like, isn't that kind of the concept of uh, radical friendship, right? That like, that we do cherish these really intimate connections that we have, like, it doesn't have to be romantic in that way, but that we honor what it is to be a friend to be a best friend to someone and the commitments that you have to each other. Like I do not take those relationships lightly because, you know, we all know those nights when you come over to your friend's house and it could be like, you know, you're just like chatting for hours and hours and talking about like the the deepness of life and where are we going to go and your goals? And like, when you're, when you see them achieving, like the things that they've dreamed of, I mean, like, come on, like, I mean, there's such a a depthness to that. And I think um, sometimes we don't, like you said, Heather, look at those relationships in the same way. And um, yeah, I, they're just so important. And I think, I think you're right. I think we, we should treat our friends in that way. We're so invested in each other's goodwill and like wanting to do well and it's you know the same with you know a partner it's like you want them to do well and achieve everything they've wished and hoped for you know it's a different it's a different kind of love yeah but it's still it's still love and I think whenever we talk about relationships somehow the default is to talk about romantic relationships but friendship is a relationship your relationship to yourself is a relationship you know yes and I think taking stock of of all of those things is is very important because again we are multifaceted human beings with a lot of different kinds of love and I know that there are like Latin or Hebrew words for them but I don't remember off the top of my head um but yes that is such a good point I'm gonna make a bit of a shift (laughs) from this deep conversation about friendship and love um so let's talk about our favorite quotes of the movie which I guess can be deep too um, or musical, if you have a quote that you like want to share, <laughs> if you can share, <laughs> yeah, if, you, if you're able think. to share, 
think, think, think. I'll, I'll share mine. Um, mine, I have two. Um, my first is a little deeper than my second, I think. The first one is that being famous isn't the same as being a true hero. Look inside Ooh. your heart. Mm-hmm. And I love that one because it kind of like talks about what I talked about earlier about like the influencers and all of that, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I also just think that like some people seek so much external validation. I am one of those people included um, that like, you know, I just want people to tell me I'm good enough. I'm pretty. I'm, you know, like, tell me, tell me the things because for some reason my brain just like won't believe them. But it's like the, the ending of that, like look inside your heart it's like but what do I what I believe about myself is kind of like all that matters um and that that's going to affect everything else like no amount of people telling me I'm enough or telling me those external things if I'm not right on the inside if I don't believe it in my heart none of that other stuff is going to stick so Mm -hmm. that's why that quote is my favorite um my other favorite quote is I'm a damsel I'm in distress I can handle this have a nice day but it's very much about like my hyper (laughs) independence and sort of being like who is this guy coming to sweep me off my feet like goodbye I don't need this in my life right now (laughs) my those are my two faves my favorite quotes are very similar um but just to your point HB about external validation again very similarly to like the need for community and and belonging external validation isn't always a bad thing you know like sometimes it can be it can be helpful again it's just like moderation the line between like where it gets not so great um is when we are relying completely on it just like you said hb of like you know i think it's important that we have a very strong center within ourselves and people's opinions and thoughts or validations or or approvals of us only add to it but they can't take anything Mm. they can't take anything away because external validation is just like a a and relying on external cues can just be a survival thing, right? Like, if you think about back in the olden days, you know, people had to rely on um, those cues to know whether they were, were like, safe or if they should go this way or if they shouldn't go this way. Um, yeah. So anyway, all of that to say, external validation isn't always a bad thing. It's more than okay to, like, get feedback or want to hear it from someone else or even if you, like, just need that extra push and, and confirmation but again it 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 just gets messy when that is the only thing we're relying on and we're not listening to our true authentic self or like the compassionate inner voice inside of us and we're going against how we feel for the sake of others mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Catherine, have you thought of your quotes yet <laughs> oh my gosh okay so i have so many <laughs> um one like two of them are you know lines that are said in the musical that mm-hmm. one of them I definitely think I can't say um <laughs> uh I'll start with the the first one um is actually in the song a star is born which plays in the credits well it, it's not I mean it plays in the musical a little it's like bit the outro, at the end. it's yeah. the outro um but it's kind of also like one of the main themes of the show um it's it goes 
and in you a hero too like we like the whole song like is you know about him celebrating him it's like no but like you like the audience like you can be a hero too like it's not just that he did it but like watch his journey and like what can you learn for it that so that you can take those qualities and like go out into the world and do it I'm like oh my god it makes me cry just thinking about it um, and I also love it because there's only really two spots in the whole musical where like everyone's on stage together and it's like it feels like such a magical moment that we all sing it together to the audience it's just ah magic um and then the second one is a line that I say I'm gonna say it um but it's you have a heart of gold those who can't see that simply can't see past themselves I <laughs> I'm gonna cry right now. <laughs> right, oh right. We're both um, we're both crying our sensitive little souls, and that is so uh, applicable to anyone, right? Like any marginalized group can agree with that line. Um, mm-hmm. That it doesn't matter what other people think. Like you are a good person. Don't let that get in the way of doing what you need to do and being who you are. Um, Oh, it kills me every time I say it. <laughs> it kills me every time. Um, you know, yeah. Wow. Wait, I'm oh, telling no. you, I can't even tell you. This book, this book is so good. There's so much wit. There's so much funny. And there's so much just cut straight to what the moment needs, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, what lessons do characters need to learn in the moment? Um, yeah, I'm just very excited for people to witness that. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. I obviously I'm going to cry because I'm crying now. So <laughs> here we are. I can't LB is now. speechless. <laughs> She's speechless. What can I say? Robert Horman Kwame. They like ate it up. They ate it up. Oh my god. Wow. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay, I have to fly out to New Jersey to see this. Babe, get your pack your bags. We're going. <laughs> oh man. Now the quotes I was going to say kind of I don't want to say pale in comparison, but they're not they're not that weepy. They're not that potent and powerful. But Oh no. Come on now. <laughs> we well, want to know. The people want to know. I think very similarly to um what you guys shared um one of my favorites is a true hero isn't measured by the size of his strength but by the strength of his heart and i think Mm -hmm. zeus says that to to hercules when he's trying to figure out like what a hero means um and i really like it because it reminds us that like heroism or honor isn't performative acts but like true selflessness intentionality right um and so far we've seen this with most of all all of the protagonists we've talked about we've talked about too all of them (laughs) um and things there you can see that there is a shift that things change when they shift their intentions from self-serving or trying to prove or people please or whatever or out of duty and obligation to actual desire to help and Mm -hmm. to actually do these things without trying to gain anything um so that's one of them and then I don't remember who says it but or what the scene is, but there was a line that stood out to me and I wrote it down, but you have to discover it for yourself. It might be when Hercules, the, the Zeus statue like comes to life and Hercules is like, teach me what it means to be a hero. And he's like, you have to figure that out for yourself. I don't yeah. Know. But it is such a great line because like we've talked about, it's a good reminder that no one can just like hand us the answers, right? Like the fit 
fitness influencer can't just like give you the recipe a coach or a therapist can't just like give you a book or give you yeah. these exercises they can like no one else can do the work for you and there are things that we have to work at whether it be in fitness and healing like I just said um because what and, and that's not to say that it won't help it can help but you are your own unique person walking your own equally unique path so what worked for them might work for you or it might not um and you also might find something that works better than following someone else's path. But I think, again, like getting comfortable existing in that like both and space can be really powerful of like, you know, these are the things that worked for them. I'm going to try it. And if it doesn't work for me, that doesn't mean there's something wrong with me. It doesn't mean I'm too broken beyond repair. It just means I also now have to do the work of finding what works for my unique path. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think that also goes back to like what Heather said about like watching his physical transformation and watch, totally. you know, it's like not only are, you know, we're getting the metaphorical version or like the, 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 we're not only like watching him go through the, the mental gymnastics of like, how do I get there? But we're also watching it happen in real time, physically going, you know, through all the struggles with that, which I think you know, is good to always have a visual too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, people can provide you with tools, of course, but like everything else comes from within. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And what good are the tools if you're just handed them and not actually acting on them? Exactly. Do you have, Catherine, a mm -hmm. favorite character from whether it be your own character in the musical or in the animated <laughs> movie. <laughs> um, I've always loved Pegasus. Love Pegasus. Love Pegasus. I just love- Wait, can I the, ask? Yeah. Is there a Pegasus in the musical? There's not. Well, you know, it's the same thing with Aladdin, right? They, uh, Raja's not in the musical. Abu's not in the musical. That's fair. You know? No, that makes sense. That's fine. It's hard. It's, it's hard. hard. It's hard. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. But I just think I love um, the sassiness of him in the movie. And like, <laughs> <laughs> like he really has a point of view about everyone. And I think that's why he's so effective as a yeah. character in the movie. Um, so yeah. And then of course the muses, I just think they're just so fun and they know the outcome of the story. So like they're, purpose is for you to help you enjoy the journey with them like yes there's going to be dips where you know it gets a little serious but I just think they bring such light and um I don't know fun like they give you I don't know they're just so beautiful and I love that there are so many different types of shapes too yeah of how yeah. they look um, I feel like they like represent a range of women, um, which I think is really important and they're all beautiful and they're all gorgeous and they each have yeah. a very specific personality. Um, yeah. And it's like that way in the musical too. Um, oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love, I love the muses as well. And I think like the, the diverse body representation I think is like really on point very important potentially ahead of its time I'm not really sure it was 97 um 
But like another thing I really liked about that is that I feel like back then in Disney movies, whenever someone was fat, it was always like a joke. There was like always a joke. But the muses are never made a joke of at any never. point. Never. They're if just anything, seen as... Go ahead, go ahead. I was like, if anything, they're, they are like, they're the ones making the jokes about everybody else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're like, they're leading the story. They're the ones making everything happen. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. I would just... say my favorite character character is... Pro- like, in combination with the muses, because I just think, how can you go wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Um. I think my other favorite character is Megara, but also for everything I have said previously, I'm not going to reiterate it all. <laughs> I think who's yours? LB. My my favorite character is Hades. <laughs> He's funny. The Hades He's... in the musical is even better. I'm just going to say, <gasps> at least if they're if they're similar to the one that I saw at um at the Shakespeare in the Park, like amazing so you know the so Hades sassy. in Shakespeare in the Park was the original voice singing voice of Hercules no I didn't know that yeah See, Roger you, Bart yeah Roger Bart nothing. was sings go the distance and so they're like oh that'll be cheeky if he plays yeah because like on tv he always plays like sort of like a villainous-y kind of weird guy and they're like oh genius we'll just cast him as a isn't that so cool well, <laughs> my mind is blown I'm speechless like his performance when I saw it in the park was so like he, that was my favorite perform. Like I, my, I mean, I loved everyone. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say that anyone was better than anyone, but he just brought such energy to the role where I was like, you know, the the Hades in the movie, fine, funny, sassy, everything that LB is is gonna say, but like it's just I maybe different seeing it in person. Maybe I don't know. So good, so good. I just looked up Roger Bart, and I I did not know that is him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's him. That's him. Uh, what? This okay. is why we need you, Catherine. We need you to come back for <laughs> all of our episodes and just tell us who is voicing whom, or we could just research, maybe. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> well, it's weird. I feel like, I don't know why. Up until, I don't know when this changed. Maybe it was when, like, more well-known names household names started entering the disney space that's when i was like more aware of who like who voices who Mm -hmm. but in this period of disney and it's also because maybe i was like a baby when it came out so so i don't have that fixation yeah i don't have that like desire to find out who voiced and we also didn't have like the internet to like look it up in real time Mm -hmm. um i mean we did but you know what i mean um i i think i wasn't as because like in almost every movie now that i watch i like have to pull up imdb and look at the cast list and be like yeah that's where i know them from or like oh they voiced this person before too um so i'm I'm looking at roger bart right now i'm like i've seen you everywhere and i have no idea (laughs) oh yeah Oh my gosh. That's but so yeah, funny. why Hades? Why Hades? Why Hades? Well, mainly just like he's funny, he's sassy. I I love the line where she's like, This this guy is different. He's funny, he's nice, he's compassionate, and he's like, he's a guy. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. And even even though he's trying to destroy the world, I think I think he's he's just also a really good villain. He's one of those villains that you can He's, he reminds me of Loki in a lot of ways where like yeah he makes questionable decisions yeah he's trying to destroy the world but also like 
ooh, he's a little complicated and mysterious and maybe I can change him. <laughs> Uh-oh, Marissa. Oh. <laughs> um, anyway, I have like a whole thing here about the movie versus the actual like mythology. It's a whole thing. Like I think I wrote way too much. So I'm not going to get into it for time's sake. But if I may, just a little like Marissa's yeah. fun fact info dump corner. For those of you who don't know, the Hercules animated movie is nothing like uh, the original mythology. It draws a lot of inspiration from Um and if you want to learn more, I highly recommend you check it out. But here's just like the main differences. The main difference is that in Greek, because they use a lot of the gods' Greek names, um, his name is not Hercules, it's Heracles. Hercules is actually Roman. Um, and the story is not as cute and fluffy as it is in the cartoon, which makes sense because it's Disney, but he actually kills Megara and their kids. Um, <laughs> sorry, Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> wow okay (laughs) i also love that at the very very beginning um like when is it zeus who starts the the so long ago like uh narrating and then the muses interrupt him and are like he's making this story sound like no it's just like a random it's just a guy yeah you know it's like in a world like it's like one of those people yeah yeah, so there's like a narrator that's like, and the muses are like, he's making this story sound like some Greek tragedy. Lighten up, dude. We'll take it from here, darling. And it's just like, so it's almost like they were going to tell the the true story. And the yeah. muses are like, here's a lighthearted one that's got a happy ending. Here's a yeah. cute one where no one gets hurt. <laughs> well, Megara, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm still shook that Megara dies. <laughs> I was like, whoa, no, what? And by her lover's hand, <laughs> I am very shocked. Hercules, I know. Darling, what did Darling. you do? <laughs> My yeah. child, why? Uh, why? <laughs> I would be very upset. Um, you wouldn't hear the last of it from me, okay? <laughs> um, I just have a couple quick last notes that I want to bring up before we, like, wrap totally out of the episode. But, like, yeah. there's a couple things that were, like, such a sign of the times from this show like the fact that there's the sandals are are called air hercs it's like such a yeah. 90s like for it's like oh do you have the new air hercs like that's yeah. such it's so funny to me so um and thebes being represented like new york is hilarious because that was not something i ever would have noticed in, until living here um you can make it here I'm you can make it anywhere <laughs> yeah so many just little like nyc nods um, and then another thing that I noticed was just like when Hercules is really having trouble becoming a hero because he can't get enough experience, like the people won't, he can't like, it's like people won't let him be their hero. So he can't get the experience that he needs to be a hero. It just like <laughs> reminds me of that endless cycle loop of like when you're trying to get into a new career or find a job or like whatever that is, it's like that, that cycle loop that we get stuck in of like, oh, you need experience for this, but I can't get experience because no one will give me experience. Like, it's just uh-huh. that like. You need to have done it to get the job, but you need the job to have done it. It's like so, so it reminded me of that a lot. Um, uh, what about you, LB? What are your like, just really quick, like, what do you want to say before we wrap? I'm the same height as Danny DeVito. That's one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> fun fact. Fun fact about LB. Yeah, fun fact about LB. We are both 4'10. Mm-hmm. So if anyone was curious about my height or Danny DeVito's height, we're 4'10. Um, no. <laughs> I, my other notes are I, I like the part 
like I think right when uh when Hercules is like working out or just like lifting and throwing things and swinging from things because he's so happy and in love and Phil is trying to tell him that like oh Meg's working for Hades and like she's a bad she's bad news or whatever um and he's like man I, there's something I gotta tell you like listen and he's like what is it is it that she's more beautiful than Aphrodite and Phil's like well yeah but that's not it and I just know Aphrodite heard that and was like you son of a bitch I'm gonna smite you <laughs> um because no one disses Aphrodite and her beauty how dare they um (laughs) and then another note is just I never really thought about it before watching it watching it this time but I kind of like the adopted kid representation and I kind of wonder if there's like any adopted folks out there who who like Hercules in the movie because of that that aspect I don't know if we have another Disney movie Disney or Pixar movie that kind of touches on on something like that yeah that's interesting if you are adopted and want to give us your (laughs) feedback you (laughs) gosh what a segue right I'm so weird um if you (laughs) no but truly I I would would really love to know not that if you're adopted I mean yeah I would want to know if you're adopted but if being if this movie anyway (laughs) Jesus I mean (laughs) it's actually one of the things that I um I didn't get to see the park version but I've heard so much about it and it's one of the things that uh I think is cool about Desmina is that like she has decided to kind of take on multiple children and Mm. so like there's moments where little kids are like running through her scene in the park and you know so I think I think that's really cool that they expanded on that that's really cool that that is cool Mm -hmm. oh yeah, so if you are adopted and want to give us your feedback, you can email us at mhm.thepodcast at gmail.com and let us know how you feel about Hercules representation or if you had ever noticed that before. Um, and then, or you can like DM us, um, LB is little bit underscore not broken, and I'm just Heather Bodie. It's my name. And if you liked what you saw with Catherine, um, there's only a couple days to see the production of Hercules at Paper Mill Playhouse, and it's probably sold out. But um, just in <laughs> case, you know, it's the final weekend. Um, but we're really keeping our fingers crossed for an extension of the run or a Broadway run. And, you know, that's I really think it's going to happen. Um, and you can find Catherine at Catherine D. Allison on Instagram um, and follow the journey of being in this production, which is really freaking exciting. I'm so happy that we got to have you on to talk about all this. You brought so many insightful tidbits and nuggets for the listeners and for us. You made us cry. You made us laugh. Um, So if that's not a range of experience, I don't know what is. So thank you so much for joining us, Catherine. Um, Do you have any parting words that you want to share before? Oh, sure. Thank you so much for having me. I learned so much um, about... Hercules and the show and this has just been a lovely conversation so thank you so much for having me oh yay for being here yeah all right um and also we have a fun bonus episode coming out with Catherine talking about um the musical in terms of both the movie soundtrack and the musical musical so in order to hear that episode you can join our patreon and all of the links to get connected with us to join our patreon community or discord server are in the show notes yes All right, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mental Health Multiverse podcast and for spending time with us, HB and LB. Special shout out to our musical composer, Little HB. 
If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, feel free to share it with others, post about it on social media, leave a rating and review, or become an exclusive Patreon member to see bonus and additional content. To stay up to date on all things MHM, you can follow us on Instagram at Heather Bodie and at LittleBint underscore not broken, or subscribe to our YouTube channel to see our faces and watch some fun bloopers. You can find all of these links in the show notes. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.